0: Over time, words evolve in their meaning. Forty years ago, the statement, there's a mouse on my desk might be a cause for some excitement. But ten years later, no one would find the statement remarkable. Wonderful used to mean full of wonder, while now it means extremely good. For a long time, miraculous meant supernatural, but now it just simply means marvelous. And let's not attempt to decipher the meaning of the word literally. It literally no longer means what it used to mean. We see this sort of evolution with Bible terms and concepts. Take a look at how the word deacon has been used down through the centuries, and you'll get a feel for what I mean. Regardless of how language has evolved, it is best for us to use Bible terms in Bible ways. With that in mind, I'd like to spend a few minutes thinking about the role of the pastor and how the word pastor is used by the writers of the New Testament. The role of pastor was referred to with three different Greek words. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, Paul is talking about some of the gifts that Christ gave to the church, and he says, "...Jesus gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers." So God gave the church pastors, and the word pastor simply means a shepherd. Now, in Acts chapter 20, beginning in verse 17, Paul is talking to the elders at Ephesus. And he says to them in verse 28, Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. Now, we know from verse 17 that Paul is talking to elders, and he says to these elders that God had made them overseers of the flock. He tells the elders to shepherd or pastor the church of God. So in these verses, we find three different terms used for a single role. Pastor or shepherd, overseer, and elder. Peter in 1 Peter chapter 5 echoes Paul. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1, Peter addresses the elders scattered among all of these churches in what we call modern day Turkey. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2, he tells the elders to shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers. So, Peter is talking to elders, he tells elders to shepherd or pastor the flock, and he reminds them that they serve as overseers. Again, we see three terms, pastors or shepherds, elders, and overseers. Now, why would the New Testament writers use three different terms for a single role in the church? Well, this shouldn't throw us off because they do the same thing with Jesus. The Holy Spirit, in various places, calls Jesus a shepherd, the Lamb of God, Christ, and the Son of Man. Why was Jesus given so many titles? Because each of those titles gives us a little different perspective about who Jesus is and what He does for us. As a shepherd, He guards and feeds the flock. As the Lamb of God, He offers Himself as an innocent sacrifice for our sins. As Christ, or as the Christ, he is God's anointed one, the descendant of David, and the rightful heir to his throne. This phrase, the Son of Man, emphasizes his humanity. Now the same is true for the role of pastor, overseer, and elder. Each one of these terms gives us a little different flavor as to what this role encompasses. The term elder has to do with his age and his maturity in the faith. As an overseer, he has a measure of authority from God, and God has placed this authority, vested this authority in him in his church. And the word pastor has to do with the work he's been called to do. So let's take a look at these three terms very briefly and think about how they would impact the the role of the elder, pastor, or overseer. As an elder... He's to be a mature Christian man. And he needs to be a mature Christian man because he sets an example for the church. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 3, Peter tells the elders to be an example to the flock. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 7, the writer of Hebrews encourages us to remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. So we need to look to our leaders as an example. As Paul told the Corinthians, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So elders are to set a mature Christian example for the flock to follow. Now in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1-7, through 7, Paul describes the character qualities of bishops. Now the word bishop and overseer, these two words come from the same Greek word, so they're used interchangeably. In 1st Timothy chapter 3 verses 1 through 7, Paul addresses the character qualities that bishops or elders need to possess, and this is echoed in Titus chapter 1 verses 5 through 9. As we look at these qualities, we see that they mostly have to do with the character of the man, particularly when it comes to his temperament and his morality. And this is what elders are to be for the flock of God. They're to set an example in terms of their temperament and their morality. In the area of temperament, Paul tells us that an elder should not be self-willed, or in other words, he should be willing to compromise when compromise is appropriate. Now, there are some things upon which we cannot compromise, matters of truth, for example. But an elder is not a my way or the highway sort of guy, He's willing to make things work. He's willing to get along with people. So in matters not related to truth, he's willing to compromise. We're also told he should be temperate, and temperate doesn't have anything to do with the consumption of alcohol or other intoxicants. It simply has to do with his uh, demeanor, that he's not too high or too low. He's not on an emotional roller coaster on the time and taking others through an emotional roller coaster. He's a steady as she goes sort of guy. He's also to be sober minded. An elder is supposed to be someone who can, can have serious moments and serious discussions. He takes life seriously. Doesn't mean he doesn't have fun from time to time. It just simply means that he understands that life is a is a serious business and he is sober minded. We're also told he's not to be violent. This is a man who doesn't try to solve things with his fists. He doesn't throw his weight around. He doesn't push people around. He doesn't try to control them or intimidate them or bully them. He's not a violent man. Instead, he is to be gentle, gentle like Jesus Christ, meek and lowly. And he's not to be quarrelsome, which kind of touches on that whole idea of not being self-willed. This is not a man who's going to pick fights or try to win arguments. He's a man who stands for the truth, who tries to get along with people, compromises when he can. So this is the temperament that we're looking for in elders. Now, in terms of morality, they they set an example for the church in how they are just, holy, and blameless. These are righteous men. Now, not perfect men, because the word blameless means that less blame can be placed on him than on others. So not perfect, but He cannot be accused of wrongdoing. No one knows anything against him. He's also to be self-controlled, and this does have to do with morality, because a lot of sin just simply comes down to a failure to control our desires and our impulses. He's also to be a lover of what is good. He delights in righteousness. He delights in good things. He's not to be proud. And of course, pride is a very destructive force, and is very destructive in the church. He's not to be covetous or greedy for money. This is something that poisons religious groups across America, and I would venture to say across the world as well. Leaders of the church, elders, are not to be looking to make a quick buck. They are not covetous. They're not greedy for money. They're not given to wine. They're not controlled by substances that can be addictive. You never know when someone is going to need help. It could be the middle of the night and if uh, an elder is hung over or if he's under the influence of some intoxicant, his thinking is going to be affected. And finally, he's to be a man of good reputation, well-known as a as a model of Christian character in the community. So an elder sets a mature Christian example for the church. He models the character of Christ for the congregation and He gives the church an example to imitate. He's also to be an overseer, which means he has a measure of authority from God. And and that measure of authority has to do with his responsibility to watch after the flock of God. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 17, the writer of Hebrews urges us to obey those who rule over us and be submissive. For they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Elders are concerned with our spiritual well-being, with our spiritual health. Now, this is not absolute authority. Obviously, Jesus Christ is the Lord of the Church. So, an elder's authority is limited. It's a limited authority, and it's limited to matters of eternal or spiritual concern. And because God has given them this authority, we should gladly submit and do what we can to make their jobs easy. Paul says an elder is a steward of God. A steward is a special servant who's been given responsibility to oversee his master's household. And this is exactly what an elder is supposed to do. He has this special responsibility, this special authority from God to oversee his church. And finally, an elder is to be a shepherd. This is the work he's supposed to do in God's kingdom. He's a teacher. One of the qualities we're to seek out in elders is that they're apt to teach, and the purpose for an elder being a teacher is so that he can teach others, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. He also needs to be able to warn those who are sinning. Paul says to the Ephesian elders, Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. Paul had warned sinners, and he urges the Ephesian elders to follow his example, to warn those who are unruly, to warn those who are sinning, and this is part of the elders' responsibility. Another responsibility, another part of their work is to protect the flock from false teachers. This is what Paul talks about in Titus chapter 1 verses 9 through 11, that... There are people who intend to subvert the gospel of Jesus Christ and to draw away disciples after themselves. Elders need to be familiar with the gospel of Jesus Christ, with the doctrine of the apostles and prophets, and be able to correct those who are sinning and also to identify false teaching and false teachers. And finally, elders are to be vigilant in prayer. Mark chapter 13, verses 33 through 37 is an excellent passage that points out the need for vigilance in prayer, being watchful, being on guard against all the various things that can lead brethren astray. As I draw this to a close, I just want to leave you with a few key points. The terms elders, pastors, and overseers are used interchangeably throughout the New Testament, and they represent a special role in the Lord's Church. The term elder refers to his role as a mature Christian example. The term overseer refers to his authority, how he gives an account to Jesus Christ for the souls that have been entrusted to him. And the term pastor refers to his role as a teacher and defender of the flock. Thanks for listening to the Gospel Saves podcast. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapelldridge.com. You can also find Acapelldridge on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know His perfect will.